I had the weirdest dream last night, and not just because you were in it. You always freak me out when you start talking about dreams and me being in them. Yeah. Well, so I I lived in this house. In this dream, I lived in this house that I didn't... You know, you're having a dream, and it's like you're in a place that you don't recognize. Like, it's a place you've never been before, but somehow you you know it and you know where it's supposed to be right well your brain's constructed it so of course you know it right yeah so i was i I lived in this house that i didn't recognize and it was like maybe five or six houses away from from your house Um, okay and i recognized your street sort of like the street was fairly accurate sort of your like little the street roundabout. I actually live on yeah like your little cul-de-sac roundabout thing that you live in and but it was but it was a little wrong like you know kind of how you're like looking at a, a a clock the face of a clock in your dream and you're like yeah it's a clock but uh, I've been doing some drugs or something because it's in the shape of an oval instead of a circle things are not right yeah so there was like it was mostly your street except there was like a weird little offshoot from it anyways um I went to come to your house because somehow news had reached me I don't know if the ransom video oh by the way an important backstory I don't know how I know this I think it's because, so I had this nap, I had this dream while I was having a nap, and it was after having recently, like I just talked to you, and I was thinking about the podcast, and I was thinking about all this stuff, and I had also just been watching Clone Wars. So you were on my brain, and bounty hunting was on my brain. So I was a bounty hunter, but not like a Star Wars bounty hunter. I was just like, you know, like a real world normal. Like Dog the Bounty Hunter. Dog the Bounty Hunter. Yeah, long blonde braids and mullet. Well, probably not. But anyways, (laughs) so word had reached me. I don't know if I saw the ransom video or what it was, but that someone had your little girl captive and was like asking you for all kinds of money, which I don't think you had anyways. But oh, I'm going to take in that SOB. So I was like, I have a very specific set of skills that I so, just figured out how to use. Cause you took her. Yeah. So all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I have a skill set here. Like I'm, you know, what I do for a living, I can probably, be of some great assistance and I have that personal connection motivation that is making me like rageful and, and ready to just take this guy out. Right. Cause you know, you, now you've made it personal. And then I went to come to your house to like talk to you about this, except your house wasn't on the street. Like I was looking for your house. Well, no, I just, I couldn't find a house that looked like your house. And in fact, several of the houses on your street that, like, you have a house, you have a street that's made up of, like, some very distinctive looking houses. You're not on a cookie cutter street at yeah, all. Yeah, it's a pretty great cul-de-sac. But all of a sudden, all of the houses were not only cookie cutter, more or less, but they were, like, maybe 15 years old. Like, it was a much newer 
cul-de-sac all of a sudden. Anyway, so I struggled to find you. Couldn't really make heads or tails of it. Decided, okay, well, I'm going to go back home and try to figure this out. And then I saw you get off a bus, and then we ended up on a beach. <laughs> I don't know how, like, all of a sudden we were just kind of on a beach, and we were sort of talking about it. But you didn't really want to talk about it. And I was like, well, dude, like, like we got to talk about this. Like, you know, like, w- what is the plan? What's being done? And then I woke up. So <laughs> I don't know if. uh <laughs> ended up on a beach. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, we, we got our tan in, but presumably your daughter was never rescued from the kidnappers. So Some ap- beach. <laughs> yeah, I apologize greatly. But uh, hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. Yeah, the B team. That's Carl. I guess it's Brady. Eh, eh, eh. And we're here talking about more news. Newsy news news. As we do every week. The news that we want to talk about. The news that, yeah, that is, you know, because there's all news. kinds of like. Things that are important to us. Yeah, like kidnapping. They're not important and, to you, so you don't have to listen. But if you yeah. want to, we're, but we we're here. Appreciate, for you. you know, it's kind of yeah. the point. But uh, yeah, so let's dive right into it right off the bat. Um, as everyone has seen, so typically I pride myself on the fact that maybe some of the news that we're reporting is news that the average movie goer or you just even average internet user is not super aware of, right? That we're actually, there's some sort of service being provided here where you're getting information on casting or you're getting information on trailers or all kinds of stuff that you maybe otherwise, those aren't the channels, news channel, information channels that you're, you know, that you're tuned into. Um, Yeah, it's really the kind of stuff that we within our friend circle kind of like Facebook. Hey, did you see this? Oh, this, this trailer came out and so it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the type of stuff that Emily Mater will routinely send me a link to and say, <laughs> Holy cow. And she always does it about four to six months after I've already become aware. (laughs) A trailer will come out for something and she's like, I can't believe they're making this. And I'm like, I've believed it for a year and a half now. (laughs) Like, you know, Um, but yeah. So So this, 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 this uh, news podcast is specifically for Emily Mater. Specifically for Emily. Yeah. That way, that way we're, you know, we're on the same page there. Um, Keeping her in the know. Every but week. this first topic is an exception to that, um, because just about everyone has caught wind of the horrible, horrible, horrible accident that Jeremy Renner, our our Hawkeye, um, he was in Tag, he was in, um, is it the, is he in the Hurt Locker? Uh, I believe so, yep. Yeah. He's uh, in the Bourne series as well. Well, kind of. I mean, we don't really. Well, he is. One, but, it's, it's, it's um, kind of a weird offshoot story, but yeah, um, yeah. I was in a horrible accident. Um, what? A, a snow plowing related accident, which I feel like you and I, you know, like those those in in the southern states or other parts of the world where you don't get snow, you're you know K-X-Los. probably kind of look at that and going like, what? Yeah, it. These things are monsters. There are so many, you know, I had a second cousin or something that lost a finger in a snowblower 
and uh, there's just all kinds of like snow removal is not for the faint of heart. People have heart attacks shoveling their driveway all the time, right? Like that's a you hear that all the time. Oh, so and so, you know, yeah. he had a heart attack. He was shoveling <laughs> snow out of his driveway, and you know, blah blah blah. Um, but we've got a little more information on it, and actually. Being the hero that Jeremy Renner is, he was while this was while the incident happened, um, he was helping someone else who had gotten injured or was was in distress. We don't have all the details. We don't have like a, a full full description of that story. Um, but it wasn't just him being careless. It was someone someone needed help. And so he risked himself in order to help this individual. Um, the injuries that we do know for sure that Jeremy has sustained is uh, that his leg was run over um, and and crushed and mangled up pretty good. Um, and also that he had sustained some pretty severe chest injuries. Um, I spent most of last week um, and currently still is in critical condition is in, you know, there, he's not being sent home anytime soon. He's had several chest operations. Um, and even after those operations was still considered in critical condition, he, we've, we've seen him post a couple of videos now on Twitter from his hospital room. Um, and he is conscious and he is, he seems to have a bit of a, uh, sense of humor sort of intact right now. Um, and all signs seem to be pointing, with the limited information we have, all signs seem to be pointing to the fact that Jeremy will, in fact, pull through. Now, whether he will make a full recovery or have the mobility that he once had, be able to, you know, perform stunts and do things in action movies, uh, we don't know. Um, but right now, you know, I think all we really care about is that uh, that he he pulls through and that you know that he's okay. Um, but Carl, you heard about this. I sent you an article to it. I, even if I hadn't, I assume you've seen it. It's popping it up here, hard there, to and everywhere. Miss all over Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Uh, has this? You know, obviously, this is a sad thing, no matter who you are. Um, but talk to me about Jeremy Renner. Like, is this a really shocking, impactful thing for you? Is it just another celebrity who who is having some health issues? Talk to me. Uh, I mean, I <clears throat> it. I mean, it's a sad thing. Obviously, it's a horrible accident. I I'm usually pretty disconnected emotionally from um hollywood socialites and their lives and stuff so like when a famous singer dies i'm just like oh, okay well people die i didn't know him he made good music <laughs> you know what i mean like so this yeah it's sad i like his work but i don't know him so it doesn't impact me emotionally um pretty cr like i'm just quickly like I didn't really know the details of the what happened, and you mentioned saving somebody or trying to help somebody, and so I just kind of quickly googled it here and CBC article. Yeah, he's like trying to help somebody out of a snowdrift, and yeah, snowplow comes by and throws them through the air. Essentially, pretty crazy. Got to be yep. careful out there on those stormy winter days. It can get ugly. 
Yeah. But uh, man, he looks beat up though. The pictures that I've seen. Oh yeah. Does not yeah, look like he's comfortable shape. at the moment. He's probably no. he's hitting on that a lot button of, button to get that. Um, what is it? Uh, the morphine drip. Morphine button. <sighs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, so moving on to sort of a weird topic, um, and a weird topic because it's not something that I would normally include in the list of topics. I sort of have a rule when aggregating the stories for the show that unless I can trace report back to the source, we don't talk about it. Because if it's just a bunch of people saying something, then... A bunch of hearsay... Yeah, you know, so if I can't trace it back to the source, I don't talk about it. If I trace it back to the source and it's Reddit, then I pay... It, that doesn't necessarily preclude it, but I, I go in I, and I figure out, okay, well, who on Reddit is saying it? And what are they claiming their source was? And, you know, like, is this someone who's... Is this an insider? Is this someone who's close to the project? Is this blah, blah, blah? Then, you know, if, if it's just Joe Blow from his grandmother's basement on Reddit, then we don't talk about it. Yeah. Reddit's not and, known for its journalistic integrity. Yeah. And if it if we trace <laughs> it back to a website that is or similar to wegotthiscovered.com, we just simply don't talk about it <laughs> because wegotthiscovered.com is the biggest Pete and I have talked about this on the show in the past. The average credible movie news outlet website will release somewhere between five to maybe 12, maybe 15 film related <coughs> news stories a day. Yeah. We got this covered as in the so several hundred akin of to a tabloid. A <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, but it's worse because often they don't base it on anything. Like, we got this covered is just, they literally just write a bunch of BS, throw it at the wall, and then every so often they get lucky and one of them turns out to be true, and somehow they're still on the internet. Um, so that's my little PSA about wegotthiscovered.com. But, so, having said all that, this is a news story that, I, these are reports that I was not able to trace back to the source. And it's important to... It's important to highlight that there are several news outlets reporting this, and not all of them are good websites. Not all of them are credible. Some of them are bigger names, like IGN, comicbook.com has done an article article on this. Um, so it has gained traction of some of the larger outlets, but your big ones like the Hollywood Reporter and Vanity Fair and Variety uh, uh, aren't <clears throat> aren't touching this with a ten foot pole. So, all of that aside, the only reason we're talking about this is because although nobody can seem to find the source, it is spreading like wildfire. People are talking about it all over the internet, and so it needs to be addressed. And the story goes like this: there are reports taken with a grain of salt that. Warner Brothers, who we seem to talk about more than anybody else these days. They're making waves. Is, is considering, is talking about, is planning a full, proper <clears throat> Harry Potter reboot with an all-new cast. Ugh. So not 
not like hey we're gonna I need a groan button <laughs> <laughs> not like hey or we're gonna wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah we're not gonna we're gonna you know do like another spinoff no 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 no. like we're gonna go back and we're gonna we're gonna adapt the books again and we're just gonna use a younger cast just now f- full reboot <laughs> Let's DC you this thing. <laughs> like, listen, anything is possible, right? I, I, anything is possible. It is. However, I'm calling BS. I'm calling total, total BS. Because there are franchises that you can reboot. There are franchises that, you know, Arguably, whether or not you should or shouldn't, you know, that's a that's a subjective thing. But there are franchises that, Carl, you and I would look at, and we would we would consider them iconic, and we would consider the original cast for that franchise to be synonymous with that. And you're like, how could you? How could you have anyone you know other than that? One of the ones that I think of is Ghostbusters. Right, you think back to the '80s and Ghostbusters, yeah. and you've got Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Ernie Hudson, and Harold Ramis, and and that is your, and then Annie Potts, Sigourney Weaver, and Rick Moranis, and and that is your, that's your team. Like how how could you have anyone else? But the truth of the truth of it is, as wonderful as it was that we got the OG Ghostbusters in Ghostbusters Afterlife. It has been almost 40 years since Ghostbusters came out. Yeah. Which means for big fans like you and me, yes, they're synonymous with a you can't picture anyone else and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But nowadays, for the current younger generation, it's, it's just really not the case. Like, unfortunately, it's just really not the case. And and if you were to reboot Ghostbusters, as many people as would be sitting there going, oh, that's ridiculous. So, you know, you need you need Bill Murray, you need blah, blah, blah. There would be just as many, if not more, younger people who are the people who are more often going out to see movies that wouldn't have that emotional attachment, wouldn't have that connection in their brain. But there are some franchises like the Harry Potter franchise where it's it's a it's recent enough, it's modern enough, and it's big enough. Like here's the thing. You I I love Ghostbusters as much as you do. Back to the Future, I live and breathe by. They're nowhere neither of those franchises. As, as popular as they still are, and the Comic-Cons and cosplays and all this stuff, neither of them came even close to the, the fame, to the global recognition, to the merchandising, to the fan base that something like Harry Potter did. Compared to, compared to the success of the wizarding world of Harry Potter, both Back to the Future and Ghostbusters combined are but a speck. <laughs> But are but a speck in the success and popularity of something like Harry Potter, and this is why I'm calling BS. I, it's 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 still so recent. 
the majority of your cast, obviously, we've lost the actor who played Hagrid. We've lost Alan Rickman, who was Professor Snape. Um, I believe we've lost one or two others. But it's still so recent. And so much of your cast is still alive. And there's so many more stories that you can tell. Like, we have, we have knowledge of where Harry Potter characters end up after the books, right? Like, Ginny goes on to be a Quidditch champion, and Harry is, is working at the ministry as an aura, and Hermione becomes Minister of Magic herself, and all of this stuff. Like, there, there are, there is a roadmap for where you would take this with the OG cast and how you, you know, how you would build this out and the stories you would tell. I just don't see... I just don't see the possibility for them to be this boneheaded to consider. And that's not me saying don't do reboots. You know me. I, you know, whatever, reboot anything. Because I've still got the original and, and it doesn't bother me. Right. But if, again, if you were, you know, if you were to reboot Back to the Future tomorrow, a lot of people would be very angry. A lot of people would be very angry. but the world would move on. If you were to reboot Harry Potter tomorrow, the fans would revolt. The world would lash out. And Warner Brothers would essentially be signing their own death sentence. Like, it's just it's just too beloved, and it's just still far too recent to be able to do something like this. Um, but I don't know. You hear something like this. I don't think you're as big a Harry Potter fan as I am, but you've seen Definitely not. the Harry Potter films. But I'm and and to say it, like I'm also not. You know, like I have a copy of the books. I haven't read through them all. I have the movies. I've maybe only seen the final one once or twice. Um, I am interested in the Hogwarts legacy game that's coming out just because it seems like a pretty wicked game um Mm. but i'm not like you know i don't have wands i don't have costumes i don't have i don't really have any fan merchandise um so i i'm a fan of it as a fan of nerdy fun things um but i'm not a like a potter head i'm not like a you know i haven't gone on the website to figure out what house i'm in like no um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so, yeah, so I, I'm not a huge fan, but I'm, I, you know, I, I, I'd say I'm like a six out of 10 on the fandom, fandom scale for Harry Potter. Um, but you hear this, you hear the idea that, you know, let's remove the reboot thing out of it, the aspect out of it, because we already know how you feel about reboots. You don't like reboots, don't do it, blah, blah, blah. But the idea that even if they were going to, let's say, let's say that's set in stone. Talk to me about the idea from a business standpoint and how the fans would react if Warner Brothers decided they were going to introduce an entirely new Harry Potter cast. Well, I think so. It's you got a license to print money with Harry Potter. It's just like Star Wars, right? Disney's picked up Star Wars. They've released 
and they really in their first couple of years they released five movies so uh, solo yep. solo um rogue one rogue one and the trilogy so just looking at yep. those and they all made money hand over fist <laughs> right like even though yep. over over half of those were horrible movies objectively there were, there uh, were well not they were objectively bad there's no no film is objectively bad because that's they're not objectively the bad film works but that's, they're objectively you know. bad <laughs> my opinion is they're objectively bad but they still made a ton of money because people will pay to go see star wars they're gonna give it the benefit like i didn't the first one the first disney trilogy movie was all right the second one was horrible i still went and saw the third one because it's star wars i'm gonna give it the benefit of the doubt but even though i've lost a lot of trust and faith but yeah like it's a license to print money whether they whether they hit it out of the park again with a whole new cast and a whole a whole new retelling or or they bomb every single movie it's still gonna make money yeah. You're still gonna get people that like it. You're you're gonna, and no matter what you do, you're probably gonna have people that don't like it, because that's fandom. Fans. I, I seen an interview with Henry Cavill recently, who we've talked about quite a bit recently, and the interviewer asked him that he was interviewing about interviewing him about the Witcher series, and this was probably I think it was season one interviews. Um, and he was he asked him about toxic fandom and what he thought of it and that kind of thing and henry was like i don't like that 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 term toxic fandom fans aren't toxic they're passionate and um i'm 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 summarizing here these aren't his exact words but essentially he said fans aren't toxic they're they're passionate and if you do right by them then they're going to be in your corner and they're going to love what you do. And if you screw it up, then of course they're going to be upset because they're passionate. That passion isn't toxic. Like, and we've talked a bit about that kind of toxic fandom a little bit on this show. Not a lot, but essentially, you know, like whether you think fans quote unquote are toxic or not, everyone's entitled to their opinion. And whether they like something or not, whatever their reasons, that I don't think that makes you toxic. We sit here and on this show, and you and Pete sit on your side of the show, and you talk about movies that you lo- and you talk about what you like and what you hate. And if you if you hate on it because it's a bad movie, does that make you toxic? No, it's your opinion. You're entitled to an opinion. No, it, it, I think especially it comes, if it's a franchise that you're passionate about, then you're, I think you're even more entitled to opinion because you've spent time and energy and probably a lot of money to enjoy that content and you're right. entitled I to your think, opinion. So as far as this, down, it's going to make wait, money. Sorry, as far as the toxic fandom though, I think it comes down to how you express your your dislike for something and so like for instance with the the um lord of the rings amazon show right if you have some diehard tolkien fans who 
you know, have been taught and trained and, and believe that, well, you know, elves by definition are fair skinned. And so there shouldn't be a black guy cast as an elf. And then their response is racist comments and, and, you know, hateful messages being sent in the direction of the actor, then that's toxic. That's garbage. That's, that's hateful speech. Sure. Yeah. And it, they like they, the way they're expressing and their their belief is inappropriate, but that that doesn't make their what their belief in how the Tolkien universe should be should be portrayed wrong. No, no, and I'm not saying it does, but it it, it yeah. still becomes it's it's a fandom that 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 it's not because you're such a fan. That now you're, you know, you've reached a level of fandom where now automatically it's toxic fandom. No, yeah, you can be extremely would, passionate I, about something, but if if you're then also a dick because of it, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Then, I would yeah. say it would not be a stretch to believe that that's a vast minority of people that have those opinions. I, sure, I don't I, think I'm not everybody that believes elves should be white is going online and and using racial slurs at the actor who who's portraying the elf and you know what i mean like it's yeah i don't know the the there was huge racist comments thrown in the obi-wan series towards the the inquisitor the black actress that played the the sort of antagonist of that film Right, Rose, who the girl who played Rose in the Star Wars sequel saga, the Asian woman, she got racially attacked by Star Wars fans because they just didn't like her performance, and so they decided to attack her in lots of different ways, and one of those was race. And it's yeah, just and like it, it, what I'm are not you defending doing, that. I'm saying that I think those are not a majority of people. I'm sure there's just as many people that just didn't like her performance, but they don't have oh, a for sure. problem with, they're not going to attack her because of her race. They're, they're no, just saying, I, agree. I didn't agree. I didn't like her performance. Yep. I agree. So I think that's, that's a, a loud vocal minority. Uh, in that, in those cases, but anyway, in terms of Harry Potter, yeah, they're going to, they're going to make money. Some people are probably going to hate it no matter what. So, and then you're going to bring in new fans and they're, they're, those new fans are going to love it. And some old fans are going to look at it and go, yeah, it was good. Or that's not bad. Or that's great. And you know, like you're going to get a, a large mix, but I agree with you. It's, it feels way too soon. Cause the new stuff is, or the, the new stuff, the, 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 what we have still holds up very well. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Some of the CGI in the first couple are a little janky, but yeah. But I think you know Harry, they're going to do what they're going to the do. Last one come out. They're they're beholden to shareholders and and uh, an author who's free to or who's happy to have them make more movies because it means she makes more money. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two, like the last actual Harry Potter proper, came out in 2011, the end of 2011. So it's not. It's not old. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Um, but do you not think that they would stand, like, what is the smarter move? Would they not, sure, they'll make money making a new Harry Potter film with an all new cast. 
do you not think they'd make a lot more though if they made you know Harry Potter Part Nine with you know older uh, Daniel Radcliffe and older Emma Watson and I don't I don't I don't think so. I think no, you're gonna make really? just as much. Uh, you might make depending if you got a good script and you get the right actors, you could make more because you don't have to pay those now uh, noteworthy names to to come back. Right. You wouldn't have to pay noteworthy names, like, but you would if have to. If you bring to, Daniel Radcliffe back, you got to pay, you're paying him 10 times what you paid him for the first Harry Potter. Oh, for sure. It, right. Like but you're, you're cutting your budget Potter. down significantly or rather or either cutting the budget down significantly for your cast or you're taking that money and you're putting it elsewhere in budget uh, for of the film to improve Yeah, but elsewhere. because... Because it's Harry Potter and it's now a proven IP and it's an IP that's so popular, it, this this will not be an easy film to cast no matter what. Because even if you get no. a completely unknown young kid to play Harry Potter, if that kid's agent is even remotely worth their salt, they are going to demand because they know. They know well, that this is, you're wanting my... You're wanting my client to be in a Harry a Potter Harry property. Potter films. Yeah, but it, it, you're still not you're still paying significantly less f- for an unknown actor than oh, for, for sure. a, a younger actor that's for hasn't sure. made his break yet. For sure. But okay. Well, that's that's not I mean, we're going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> that's not the response I was expecting you to give, but that's that's good. That's what, you know, <laughs> One of the things that makes it exciting. Um, so moving on, we've talked about before on the show how James Gunn has has commented that the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be the last time that we see this version, this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, this that's pretty vague. And we haven't really known, okay, well, what does that mean? Is half the team going to die and it's going to look much different? Are this the Guardians is the last the time galaxy, they're going to wear clothes. <laughs> is the Guardians of the Galaxy going to <laughs> split up? And, and you know, now we'll start seeing these characters just appear more peppered throughout other things. Like, what, what specifically does this mean? Well, we have a little bit more of a heading for our our speculations and that comes in the form of dave batista the actor who plays um drax the destroyer who has come Mm -hmm. out and said that guardians of the galaxy 3 is in fact his last appearance in the mcu Mm. Uh, i've said before the guardians of the galaxy i enjoy them as much as as you know, I'm not going to say I enjoy them as much as the next guy because the next guy is like batshit crazy about them. I enjoy them. <laughs> I enjoy them as much as I enjoy just about, you know, the other average MCU properties. Um, I did really like the Guardians holiday special. Uh, we both did. Yeah. And it it just doesn't, it makes me sad that I won't see Drax anymore, I think, because Drax is sort of, lack of understanding of sarcasm and his deadpan dry humor to me that's always been a highlight of the guardians dynamic um 
But I'm also not heartbroken that this might be the last time we see the Guardians. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to stop seeing Baby Groot on the shelves in every single store that I go into. Like, it just... (laughs) It doesn't do it for me the same way the others do. Um, But, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. It, It doesn't excite me. I don't know that it disappoints me. It's just kind of another piece of information. Um, but you hear this and, and you must have your own thoughts. So hit me with them. Um, I, yeah, I mean, Batista has been all over the news, my feed anyway, lately, uh, especially with the release of, uh, knives out glass onion. Um, but yeah, so it doesn't, he, uh, one of the artic- one of the articles I seen, he was talking about wanting to do more uh, serious kind of um, uh, different, less actiony, I guess, roles. Stuff more like kind of like Glass Onion or whatever. But anyway, <clears throat> him him saying, "Yeah, done playing Drax." I mean, I, I've I've seen some rumors floating around that that uh, we might see Robert Downey Jr. back as Iron Man. Wow, we and, dude, that was rumors pop up every time there's a new yeah, MCU. Yeah, we've, we've talked before about like, you know, if if Marvel backs a big dump load, a big dump truck full of money up to your house, are you going to, are you going to say no? <laughs> like, right. Okay. So this is, this is, this is the end of the James Gunn Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy. Okay, great. Six, ten years down the line, we got another big MCU Avengers film, Infinity War level, bring everybody that's ever been on Marvel back on the screen to fight the big bad guys. Well, we've got Secret hey, Wars coming up. Batista, you uh, you want to reprise your role as Drax for this? We got a ton of money for you. Well, yeah, I can play a deadpan kind of brilliant dummy for another sh- a couple of hours. Why not? Yeah, I can make some money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, one of the articles I seen relating to this was like, he just doesn't like do the makeup sitting in the chair, getting the makeup for that long. It's understandable. But, yeah. It's understandable. But I mean, again, enough money. I'll sit in the chair for that long and get makeup put on. I'm sure he will too. It's yeah. Uh, I, I would like the whole idea of, kind of the story coming to a kind of semi conclusion and focus putting on and the focus kind of in terms of Marvel, putting the focus on other teams, right? Like why do, why do we need more um, guardians of the galaxy stories when there's other stories like X-Men are coming in soon and all this other stuff. Like we're already drenched with, MCU content. Why do we, why can't we wrap up a storyline for a team and put them to rest for a decade? You know? Well, it's <laughs> so also I'm, worth I'm saying. I'm for the idea. I, I think Batista's done a great job in it and uh, he's, he does a great job in everything else. Uh, he's, he's, I've seen him in. So yeah. It's I'm, worth noting that we've been saying the X Men are coming in soon for six years now. So yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. But also, but you I know, just looked you, up. You know, you, you know what you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah, if, I just looked if up. If Marvel and I'm can only that, make so many movies and so many shows 
a year or within their roadmap plan and you have you need to bring in something new but to bring in something you need cuts you need to cut something well mm-hmm. why, why not cut some of these older teams where the storyline has kind of come come full full circle All right i i I just looked up and I'm reading here that Dave Batista's Drax makeup, they were able to get it down to 90 minutes, which I feel like at that point, that's C- not allowed that to be to the, your excuse. the Grinch makeup. <laughs> yeah, that's not allowed to be your excuse. There are people who spend like eight hours in makeup chairs. So 90 minutes, I mean, that's that's a lot <clears throat> less than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure that... Um, the group makeup team has got it worse. Oh, for what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, Dave, you know what? Dave Batista is also not hurting for, for projects, right? He's got no. Dune 2 coming up. Yeah. Well, I, I can't remember the name of the director too. Like, uh, I think it was the director from Dune uh, was recently quoted as saying he's one of the best wrestlers to make the transition to professional actors he's ever seen. Right. Yeah. To something to that effect, which I would, I'd agree. Like the rock has been in everything recently, but I think Dave Batista's definitely made that better transition. Cause if you look at the rocks recent portfolio, it's a lot of the same old crap over and over yeah. again. He's a one, he's a one note banjo kind of. Yeah. Batista's in his, like, he's been on in Hollywood doing the acting thing for half the time. And I think he's got a a better uh, portfolio of diversity. Yeah. Then he's also compared to The Rock. He's also got this year, he's he's in um, Knock at the Cabin, which is an upcoming M. Night Shyamalan. So, I mean, that can always go either way that one will have a twist for sure it'll have a twist but that can always go either way like you know it's uh it's an m night okay this could be really really great yeah (laughs) or it could be absolutely awful um but yeah we'll just we'll have to wait and see uh so moving on to a sore topic for carl yep yeah so Back in, what was the year of the first one? Uh, And this is the way I see this topic going. I see Carl having the strongest opinions and me mostly agreeing with it. But because of Carl's intense passion, I may have to like hone him back to objectiveness and reality maybe (laughs) once or twice. So back in 1981, a film came out, sort of an iconic, you know, even though you go back now and you watch it and it's like, ah, this is kind of not, you know, it doesn't hold up super well um, from like an effect standpoint, from a cinematography standpoint. part of the charm of it, though. It can be. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely it is. But it, it, it certainly doesn't. Like there's old films. You go back and you watch The Sound of Music and you're like, yeah, this is definitely old, but it's like this holds up. Um, mm-hmm. a film that doesn't really hold up super well to today's standards, but is still iconic and pretty instrumental, I would say, in the shaping and forming and evolution of the horror genre 
is the sorry horror slash fantasy genre um is the evil dead yeah 1981 the evil dead directed by sam raimi as we've come to know and love him for emo Mm spider-man um no sam raimi's great um but yeah the evil dead um starring Bruce Campbell and a bunch of other people that nobody remembers near as well <laughs> yeah, as Bruce, Bruce Campbell's Campbell. the only one that made a name for himself out of that. Uh, no, <laughs> that's actually Sam not Raimi. true. That's actually not true. There's yeah, actually Ellen Sandwise who played, you know, blah, blah, blah. She's still, she's in all kinds of stuff now. Um, but yeah, so it, 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 it was big and it was iconic and it was fantastic. And at the time, it was at the time it was scary as hell. For its for the time that it came out, it was downright upsetting to watch that movie. Um, and as you do when you have a successful movie, you often go ahead and you make another one. Now, when Sam Raimi went to make his sequel to The Evil Dead. <laughs> he did something that not many people ever do when it comes to making a sequel. Yeah. Um, because the Evil Dead 2, he, he took essentially one of the, the most upsettingly scary films to date and made a sequel that was essentially a parody of the first one in yeah. in not so many words. He essentially um, rewrote the, the script and yeah. remade the, the entire... like. It's essentially the same story, just with a few rewrites. With a few rewrites and and a sort of funny satirical. It still definitely got horror elements to it. It's not like a, you know, it's not all of a sudden a PG thirteen movie. I would say it's you're you're and you're making the first one sound like super like it's a true true to fashion horror, which it's got a lot more notes of that. for its time well, for in 1981 but it's got a lot of uh, I, i'm not i don't like horror movies oh, overall i like the evil dead series i like the first evil dead i think the first evil dead has got enough kind of levity in it some comedic moments that it it's um it's more like a horror comedy sure Sure. Than a I true mean, it's straight not up horror. As that, the way the way um, Ash kind of interacts with this crazy world gone topsy turvy, there's quite a bit of levity there. So, I mean, yeah. but the same can be said and, for all. You know, like it, 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 that was sort of just a thing of the time, though, right? Like if you look at the, the sort of the the Nightmare on Elm Street or the Friday the Thirteenth movies or any of that, they were all, they all had, because of the subject matter they were dealing with and, and sort of the bizarreness of the situation, there was sort of some some inherent levity there. Right. Um, but they were all so, certainly still solidified as horror films. Yeah. So uh, but re- where, where I'm going with this is there. I would say two just kind of took those moments of lev- levity and they played them, them up focus. more. Yeah. Um, then in, uh, 92, I believe, uh, we had army of darkness, which was the next, 
sort of installment in the the franchise, which yep. took it's a direct follow up re- from Evil Dead Two. Yeah, which really took Evil Dead. Uh, it took Sam Raimi's Evil Dead, the way that Sam Raimi was doing it, and kind of pushed the envelope even further. If you thought Evil Dead 2 was farcical and ridiculous and, and <laughs> yeah. over the top. Army of Darkness is even more so. It just takes it and, you know, it, it sort of in this whole pushing it further direction. Very similar to what the Child's Play movies did, right? Like when Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 came out, they were horror films with some sort of levity. And then as Chucky went on, we just got more and more and more and more ridiculous in an intentional sort of humorous way. Um, we've had a couple of video games over the years. We had Ash versus Evil Dead, which I don't believe is in the same continuity, is it? It's kind of its it own is. thing. The TV show, it is. Oh, okay. So it's it was great. a TV show. It's a really the- good, uh, it's a lot of fun. So it's a, a TV show that's kind of a follow-up to to yeah. the 1992 Any, anybody Army who of enjoys Darkness. Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2 Army of Darkness, they're going to enjoy uh, that show. Right. Uh so then in 2013 we got an Evil Dead remake. Um not directed or written by Sam Raimi, but produced by him, right? He was at least in some facet connected to the project. Um, we don't know yeah. to what extent, but, and it was, I saw it for the first time, maybe about a year, year and a half ago, um, came out in 2013. It's a, a remake of, of the first one. Um, there is no comedy in it. They went straight. Yeah. I for. haven't seen it. it. That's what the, the, tra- I've seen the trailers and that's what it seemed like it was. And it's, I was just like, yeah, I'm not interested. It's it's probably the most upsetting movie I've ever like. It was it was very difficult for me to watch, um, mm. just because they went mm. they went full stop, scary and and intense and upsetting, and and I think at the time and there were a lot of people at the time who were like, well, that's not what Evil Dead is anymore, and it was like, okay, but. Listen, understand, this is not a continuation. So I understand if they came out tomorrow with Evil Dead 5 and there were no comedy elements in it, then yeah, then that's like you're breaking the system and that's weird. And why are you doing this? And where's Ash? And where's, you know, absolutely. But as a remake, as a reboot, a retelling, a new iteration of a story that was originally for the most part, intended to be a horror story in that first installment back in 81. Yeah, going full horror is a completely reasonable choice to make for for your remake. Um, absolutely. Scary as hell. <laughs> Not my cup of tea. Like, I, I'm glad that I watched it. I think if I... I think the only way I would ever watch, an, watch it again... I would never watch it again just for my own enjoyment. Um, not because I don't think it was excellent. I do think it was excellent. It was just so upsetting to watch. Um, but if I were ever like faced with a horror fan who was like, oh yeah, I've seen it all except for evil dead. then I'd be like, okay, well, let's, let's load that <laughs> disc up, man. Cause I want to watch you. I won't be looking at the screen. I'll be looking at you and you look at the screen and I'll enjoy this. Um, <clears throat> so all of that aside, we have 
a new trailer for the upcoming Evil Dead Rise. And I'm just trying to look here. Um, it is the fifth installment in the Evil Dead film series, even though it's not like it's not a continuation of the originals. Like that's not all one continuity. Um, and it's not even. I'm just trying to see here. I don't think it's even supposed to be necessarily a continuation or a direct sequel to the 2013 Evil Dead. I think it might just be sort of a new standalone. Because there were plans, I'm reading here, there were plans for a long time. Um... Blah, 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 executive producer. Um, the uh, film's development was preceded by scrapped plans for sequels to Evil Dead's 2013 hmm. um, and Army of Darkness 1992 and a fourth season of Ash versus Evil Dead. Those were all things that were planned and never happened. Um, that would have led to a crossover. Uh, okay, so there might have been, you know, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Somehow connect them. Um, I watched the trailer. I, I thought it I, looked like a, a prequel. I mean, I've never seen the first this the the 2013 Evil Dead, but it took place in an apartment, and some of the dialogue made it sound kind of prequelish. Yeah, is Evil Dead Rise? <clears throat> the name connected. sounds prequelish. <laughs> it sounds like it's yeah. Evil Dead Rise connected to the previous films. Um, has addressed whether or not the new movie is connected. Speaking to Empire, Cronin discussed the film's necromonium and how it could be connected to the film and the ones it comes before. It's all completely handmade, hand-drawn. It's got very different visual style to what you've seen before internally. He said, I even brought in little hints of Celtic influences and different things I, to give it a hell of a lot of personality. Um, Cronin went on to say that the book was the bastard cousin of the other books. <laughs> and they're the bastard cousin of this. <laughs> Leading to the question of whether or not the mo new movie is set in the same world as the original 1981 or the 2013 remake or somewhere completely different. There are connections to the past. Lines are drawn, the director teased. In one of the early meetings I had with Sam Raimi, I said, you know the way in Army of Darkness there's three Necromonians? You had one... Um, the director of the 2013 remake had one. I'm going to take the other one. So, hmm. it, 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 it sounds like it's got loose <clears throat> connectivity. It's connected, Interesting. but not in so much way that it's like, okay, now we're touching base with with our other character. You know, we're we're catching up with characters that have come before. It's no, there are three of these shitty, awful, horrible, should be burned books in existence, and uh, and we've already dealt with two of them, and so now in sort of an elsewhere story, we're going to deal with the the third now oh. you looked at this i sent it to you and uh, as you've just alluded to it doesn't really interest you um and your big reason that you gave to me and i'll let you uh, sort of expand on that in a second was you know yeah it's just straight horror and i'm not a horror guy and and for you and your fandom with evil dead you want your evil dead to be 
farcical. You want it to be humorous. You want it to be guys with chainsaws for hands and, and yep. you know, like the, the silliness. And boomsticks. Um, Don't forget the boomsticks. And- and I've got nothing. I've, I've got nothing against that. I don't disagree. I'm more likely to sit and rewatch those than I am this new one. Um, having said that, I, you know, I don't think that. I don't think that making this film a straight up horror, hard R, awful, scary thing is is the wrong. You know, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying it's the right move. I don't think it's the wrong one either. Because again, if what you're doing is kind of paying tribute back to the original and trying to, you know, looking at it, because it is like it's as much as Sam Raimi was able to take it and make it funny and make it farcical, the on paper, the initial setup for this world and for the rules of how this works. It is. It, it is. It's the bones of a of a really awful, scary thing. If you choose to take it in that direction, um, and so it, it makes sense to me that this is the way they're going. Um, I watched the trailer. I thought that as far as because there's there's a lot of really bad horror trailers out there, even for great horror films. There's a lot of the times you get the trailer for a horror film and you're like, eh, this looks awful. I thought as horror trailers go uh, this was a pretty darn good trailer um i don't see myself rushing out to see it in the movie theater with the exception of the fact that brianne my girlfriend can't stand horror films and every so often she's brave enough to sit and watch one with me and we've yet to do that in a movie theater and so if i can somehow trick her into going to see this one (laughs) This will be sort of the mother of. All. I'll be like, okay, you're. Are you going to set her up future. by watching Evil Dead and Army of? Sorry, Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. I could do that. That would be <laughs> the ultimate level of deception. I think. <laughs> oh my I goodness, think that would be, be so uh, evil I of you. I definitely you would be evil and dead afterwards. I, yeah, it, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't do it with the 2013 one because not only would she not go see the new one with me, I don't know that she would ever watch any movie with me ever again. Um, but so anyways, you don't think it, this one's going to be as bad. <laughs> oh, I think, I think it'll be just as bad. I think it'll be, well, I don't know the, tw- it's hard for me to imagine. I don't <clears throat> think you could top the 2013 one in level of, of upsettingness. Um, but yeah, anyways, I, I look at it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'll probably watch this at some point. Maybe once it hits streaming or something like that, or I can rent it. Um, I think as far as horror trailers go, this is a pretty darn good trailer. Um, it kind of sets up the world. It teases enough of what you need to know, gives you some of those familiar feelings that are Evil Dead mm-hmm. without spoiling anything or showing you like, and then this is how everybody dies in this quick edit montage <laughs> that we're going to, like, yeah. I hate that. Um, but yeah, so that uh, I'm interested in it, um, but you saw this. I've already showed your hand a little bit saying this is not for yeah, you. I, I'm um, not interested in this. I wasn't no. interested in the last one. I'm not interested in this. Um, I've already pretty, I've already, I've, I mean, I've already shown my own hand in this section of conversation about why I'm not interested, but more importantly, and I said this back to you after watching the trailer without Ash, without Bruce Campbell playing Ash, is it really Evil Dead? 
can you really call it Evil Dead without yes. Bruce Campbell playing Ash? I, I can. I understand. No, you can't. No, you, you can't. can't. You can't call it <laughs> Evil Dead without Ash Williams, Bruce Campbell. This is my boomstick. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not Evil Dead. It's a horror movie using the Evil Dead license and playing tribute to some Evil Dead uh, tropes. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, is maybe but just as... You know what? Like you say... You know, I've I've still got my originals. I still got yeah. Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. I got that great TV show. Yeah. I'm happy with those. You want to take the license and make something that I'm not interested in? More power to you. I I'm Absolutely. not going to see it. I never thought I'd hear you say that about a remake. I don't. I don't, or a I don't care. I don't. I'm the, I don't care. You're not going to make me care. I'm not going to watch it. You can't make me watch it. Yeah, it's not what I want Sweet. from Evil Dead. Talking about trailers and Nicolas Cage, which we weren't directly talking about Nicolas Cage, but we're kind of always talking about Nicolas Cage, so that segue is always applicable and appropriate. He's the he's the unofficial reason this uh, podcast exists, isn't it? Yeah, and actually, this Sunday we have we're we have an episode dropping, which is a review of a Nicolas Cage film. Yeah, uh, check it yeah. out. Yeah, long awaited. It's, uh, it's not good. I, the episode's good, the, the film. Anyways, um, Renfield. Mm-hmm. Renfield. Not only with Nicholas Holt, who I think is an incredible actor, and is one of my picks. This is going to upset the internet. Everyone's about to lose their freaking mind. If he buffs up a little bit, he's one of my top picks to be Warner Brothers' next Superman. He'd be a more, I think he'd probably, like, even if he buffs up, I think he'd be like a, for his body type, he'd probably be a little bit more of an athletic buff look. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is fine. Like a Zac Efron from Baywatch versus like, uh, you know, uh, what we, what we got from Mark, uh, not Mark Hamill, (laughs) from Henry Cavill. Yeah. Uh, as Superman, right? So, but that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I think he'd be great. Also, yeah, anyways. Um, So, and Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage playing Bram Stoker's Dracula. Dracula. Do not say, ah, ah, ah. Look, I I looked at this trailer. The second you told me, that anyone told me, you didn't tell me. The second I was aware that there was a Nicolas Cage Dracula movie coming, I immediately had two thoughts. I was I thought this is going to be garbage, <laughs> and I can't wait. <laughs> like in the same, I was like, this is going to be this the is going to be I've the most seen. beautiful dumpster fire I have yeah. ever seen, <laughs> and I just can't wait. Then the trailer came out. And I was excited to watch the trailer because it was the dumpster fire that I was I was looking forward to seeing a trailer for. 
This film looks great. <laughs> so, it looks so good. Oh my goodness. It looks so good. So like, funny. The, so the good. humor, the action, like the 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 yeah. the action choreography, the fight scenes, yeah. just sort of the color tone. The whole film sort of got this like yeah. neon get a, light. Get some horror-ish elements in there. It looks excellent. You throw Ash Williams in there and you got some evil dead. <laughs> Uh, I, I I cannot wait for this movie. I'm so excited. I think this is going to be spectacular. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's such a, it flips the whole kind of Dracula vampire tropes on their head though, too. Like, it seems like it's going to almost be like a, a hero story, a a superhero-ish story, but through but the hero isn't van helsing or the vampire hunters it's it's the hero is or the superhero in this story is his um not servant what do you call it thrall his thrall yeah dracula's thrall because he's got these powers that dracula's gifted him so he can do his job and he's he's gonna use them for good somehow (laughs) Yeah. yeah it just looks like it looks like a good time I'm so excited for this movie. I'm yeah. so excited. I didn't know um, what to expect watching the trailer, and I'm 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 really excited. It's this trailer's <laughs> done its job. Masterfully. I just can't even. I can't get past what I saw in the trailer. Like I'm just like over the moon. Yeah, I watched it again just before this, just to kind of fr- with fresh eyes again, and <laughs> just I enjoyed it just as much as the first time. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for a big one? Hit me. Reports are now going around. Reported by just about every news led out there. That the Warner Brother... No, not them again. (laughs) Exactly. That the Warner Brother executives are open to the idea, they're considering the return of Ezra Miller to play The Flash. And as is done on the internet, these headlines are posted. People either read poorly, poorly researched editorial pieces, or they don't even read the article. They just see the headline and then they jump in the comments and they go, um, and <laughs> recently that's been in the tune of, of, you know, oh, you gave me bringing back this idiot, but Henry Cavill. Ah! And look, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna come out and say this: the Warner Brother executives may be open to the idea of it. I don't know. I don't know. They might be. Even if they are, that doesn't mean they they would sign off on it. Just because you're open to an idea doesn't mean you'll okay. So go so all right. Well, let's too, go with right? that. Let's let's go with the <laughs> hypothetical that Warner Brother executives, the members of of the board and the the guys that drive the Teslas and you know whatever else, that they are open to it, and that they'd be willing to sign off for it. Doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Let me explain to you how. Warner Brothers works. Remember we were talking last week or the week before where 
very <laughs> recently. have been talking about it a lot recently. Where it was like, well, you know, the Warner Brothers, the executives at Warner Brothers are considering firing James Gunn. And I explained how that was not possible because James Gunn doesn't answer to the executives at Warner Brothers. Well, he still doesn't. <laughs> and, and as such, the decision to bring back Ezra Miller as the Flash does not lie in the hands, influence, or even anybody gives a shit of the Warner Brother executives. Literally, and it sounds hard to believe. It sounds hard to believe because, wow, they're Warner Brother executives. The Warner Brothers executives being interested, wanting, longing for the return of Ezra Miller plays just as much influence, weight, authority as if right now Carl was like, I want Ezra Miller back as the Flash. <clears throat> it holds the same weight because it's not up to them. It's not up to Carl. It is up to James Gunn and Peter Safran. And I the would only be open person to him coming back. Yeah. The only person who can overthrow, supersede that decision is Peter Zaslav, the the hot top dog at Warner Brothers. And I don't see that happening because A, once Peter Saslav took over, we saw nothing but sort of some final clarity and thoughts at Warner Brothers, where Peter Saslav went in and he was like, um, yeah, I'm canceling this movie. We're canceling this movie that's been in production. We're ending the CW DC universe because it's dead in the water and has gone on long enough. And we are not in the cash grab business. We are not in the, well, you know, we've already sunk some money into it. So, we're, you know, we're just going to make it anyways business. <clears throat> we are in the business. Like, Batgirl. The Batgirl movie was shot. It was edited. It was finished. It was ready to go. Brendan Fraser as 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 Firefly. Like, we had a full, ready-to-go Batgirl movie. And Peter Saslav saw it. And he said... This is not up to the quality. This this is not up to our standards of quality of films that we're going to put out under this new banner of Warner Brothers. And so they shelved it. <clears throat> not for a while. They said, we're putting this in a safe and it's never coming out. Burn it so, in that dumpster fire. Peter Saslav is has proven himself as someone who is not easily swayed by minor things he's the got a pretty good masses. head on his shoulders and he has got a clear vision for what quality is and under that clear vision of what quality is he appointed james gunn and peter saffron now something else that peter saslav is known for is giving his creatives giving his lieutenants a world of autonomy. Do your thing. Show me your product. Show me your pitch so that <clears throat> do your thing, I at least it. have some idea where this is going. But do your thing. I'm not going to hover over <clears throat> you. I'm not going to tell yeah. you what to do and what not to do. I've hired you because I believe in you. Yeah. 
So do you, it. You've uh, you've got my trust. Uh, don't take it for granted. Yeah. Now, now that that's out of the way, and we've determined whether or not the Warner Brother execs are the ones that are going to reinstate Ezra Miller, and that in fact, no, they're not. Could Ezra Miller come back? Now, if Ezra Miller comes back, it would be under two different channels. It would either be under Peter Zaslav, who we've just explained why yeah, it doesn't seem like the type of decision that Peter Zaslav, if anything, Peter Zaslav would not come in and say, you're bringing him back. If anything, he <clears throat> would come in and say, you're not bringing that guy back. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's the type to micromanage <laughs> no. in that fashion. And that would that's what that would be. So that leaves James Gunn level. and Peter Safran. James Gunn and Peter Safran, first of all, are not idiots. <laughs> they un and, and the whole internet right now just exploded and went, oh, well, then they wouldn't have fired Henry Cavill. Okay, shut up for a second. <laughs> they didn't fire Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill was not fired. He wasn't. Ezra Miller was. And it was under two, the, the non-return of both of those performers are two worlds apart scenarios. Henry Cavill's not returning because James Gunn and Peter Safran have decided that we're going to take DC in a new direction. We are going to reboot this. We want to have a young Superman. We want to come up with a 10-year, 8- to 10-year plan. We want to start fresh and get away from the, the failure that was DC up until this point. And unfortunately, that means a clean slate. That's it. We've decided not to make another Superman movie with you. You're not fired. You didn't do anything wrong. We're we just, just have, we've direction. changed the plan, and unfortunately, you don't fit into that, but we'd love to work with you again in the future, which was the result of the meeting they had with him. Yeah, you can play another part. A meeting part. from which Henry Cavill spoke very highly of Warner Brothers, Superman, and Peter Gunn, or Peter Saslav, frig, Peter Safran, and James Gunn. Ezra, on the other hand, has been in and out of of holding cells for the last four or five years. We have video footage of him choking women out. We have talks of confirmation of breaking into homes, threatening people, stealing alcohol yeah. from like it, it's kidnapping a girl. And like, it's, it's even surprising that, that, that the flash movie is still on track for release. With all I think the done. only yeah, I think the only reason why the Flash movie is still coming is because they. Um, I think there's three reasons. One is this was a much more expensive movie to make than than Batgirl. Icing Batgirl and icing this are two <clears throat> very different vehicles. Two. Um, I think the understanding is, you know what, this is a film that is tied to, associated by, and sort of created by the old Warner Brothers regime. We're just kind of cleaning house by by releasing the rest of their projects and, and getting them out, and then we're going to do our thing. And C, 
despite Ezra controversies, everybody of trustworthy stature who has seen this film has said it's really good. Hmm. That the film that this director put together is a very good movie. They're super excited and proud of this film. So, um, so Ezra's not returning because Ezra was fired because you cannot associate your film, your studio, your story, your cinematic universe with someone who is guilty of doing these things. And that hasn't changed. Just because we're rebooting. So, it, like, it, it just, it, it's not going to happen. It's no. not going to happen. <clears throat> no. And no. James Gunn's not going to bring Ezra back. A, because no. James Gunn's not stupid and bringing you, him back because a couple of people want him back. And maybe this Flash movie comes out and it makes a billion dollars. It won't. But maybe it comes out and it makes a billion dollars. And a short-sighted person would look at that and go, that Flash movie made a billion dollars. The people want Ezra. We got to, we got to, we got to keep Ezra. <laughs> that would be incredibly short-sighted, which yeah. James Gunn is not, because if he was short-sighted, then they wouldn't be wiping everything clean to come up with a 10-year plan. Yeah. Furthermore, that, that's they're a wiping good, it. Yeah. They're wiping it clean. Like they're wiping it clean. Even if, even if Ezra Miller wasn't in, in rehab jail, wherever he is, and he didn't choke ladies and all the crazy stuff he, he, tirade he went on even if none of that happened he's still not coming back as the flash no nobody's nobody's coming, nobody's back, coming back as their previous characters just because a few people in the upper ups of wb like ezra right now for some weird reason that, that, that doesn't that doesn't give him a pass where everyone else didn't like exactly the, the rock's you, not coming back ezra's not if henry cavill's not coming back exactly. ezra's not coming back <laughs> like, exactly if you have two like, faces list off all the other bigger names than him that are that are in the former uh dcu they're all every i would say ezra is the small name in all in in the group compared to everyone else yeah, if, you if they're have, not coming back, he's not coming back, even on the best of terms. Faces pinned to your corkboard. One is Ezra Miller, and one is Henry Cavill. You got to pick well, one. You have a third one. You have Gal Gadot is still there, up on this wall. Ben Affleck's gone because Ben Affleck doesn't. Even though Ben Affleck's going to appear as Bruce Wayne slash the Batman in the Flash, that was always supposed to be like a a swan song. It was a one and done. Right. If you're looking at this wall and you're like, okay, we are rebooting everything. Everyone goes, except we have room for one person to stay. So you, you got Gal Gadot, Henry Cavill, Ray Fisher, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller. Who else? Amber Heard. Wow. Uh, she, she was that, always that one's kind of iffy forward. too. <laughs> but the first the first face off your wall out of these three, the first face off your wall is Ezra Miller. Because that yeah. face is already off the wall. You'd have to pick that face up out of the recycling bin and tack it up to the wall. Ezra yeah. was already fired. Yeah, he's already long gone. Now, I think it will so they just did this big they just did this big thing where they were talking about DC and talking about the, you know, it was at Comic-Con and they were talking about 
you know, uh, their upcoming their upcoming films. And they're like, oh, you know, and this person, and we're we're revamping this, and we're changing that, and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and oh, and we also have the Flash movie coming out, and blah, blah. And they just kind of, like, brushed past the Flash movie. They didn't give any details. They didn't talk about Ezra. And, and the reason why, I'll tell you right now, Ezra's not coming back, but they're not going to make an announcement about that. And this is smart business, people. This is smart business. They're not going to make the announcement that Ezra will not return until after the Flash movie comes out. <clears throat> yeah, they still want to ride some hype. Absolutely. That's yeah. the only reason this announcement I hasn't been made. Because sentiment. you have a film coming out with that actor in it. That's it. Yeah. You don't want to downplay it. You want <clears throat> they want that mo- that movie to, at bare minimum, make its money back. Oh, for sure. And yeah, pro- you, it probably yeah. will easily. Um, I think so. They'll probably you make Michael more. Michael Keaton than. is Batman. It's I mean, not. You- it's not a write-off movie, right? They're not throwing it out there no. to lose money so they can write it off. No, otherwise they'd be dumping it on streaming. Yeah. Right, they'd stick it on HBO Max and it'd be like, okay, well, you know, that was that was a shit show. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so in summary, Ezra is not coming back. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Agreed. And it doesn't matter aside from aside from James Gunn and Peter Safran and some loud vocal minorities on the internet. No, no, no. I'm saying aside from Peter Gunn and James Safran, it does not matter who wants Ezra oh. back. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the XX again for a sec. Yeah, yeah. No, right. it makes no difference. Absolutely. It makes no difference who wants him back. Mm-hmm. Ezra's mom could write a strongly worded letter to to Bugs Bunny himself. To the well, Animaniacs inside the Warner Brothers. Yeah, but it's still not, you know, <laughs> still not, still not going to cut it. All right, final I, You know, topic. she's got to write a letter to, and this, this will make it happen, people. If you, if you write a letter to the Animaniacs and you get them on board, there's nobody that can stop them. It's going to happen. Address you got to get the Animaniacs the on board. Yeah. Yeah. If they're uh, on board, listen. it's happening. Final topic, still talking about James Gunn, still talking about the DC. Oh, universe. really? <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> J- James Gunn has come out and confirmed, as we've talked about was going to happen, that there is a partial lineup announcement coming this month. We don't know when. Could be days, could be hours, could the be first, minutes. The first three or four films of his franchise. Uh, yeah, or sort of like, look, this is our, there could be some casting announcements. There could be some, these are the heroes we're focusing on. There could be, we don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. Um, but I do want to speculate. I do want to talk about that with you and find out who do you think is going to be, like, wh- you know, what are they going to announce to us? And I think for me, it's pretty obvious And that is, uh, first and foremost, first and foremost, the biggest thing that they're going to talk about, the first film they're going to make, is going to be Superman. It just is what it is. They've they've been talking about how, you know, he's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, focus moving forward. Next, they'll probably talk about Batman, because again, they've said these two are going to be sort of the glue that holds this universe together. 
They're going to be the um, Captain America and Iron Man of their yeah, yeah. The GCU. They might, they the might talk universe. about. They might talk about Wonder Woman. They might talk about Green Lantern. That'd be interesting. It's possible that they would talk about Aquaman, but I don't know that they will. And really, I think that's a that's where you start. That's where you have to start. There's, I mean, there's all these other characters in the in the DC universe. There's there is Plastic Man, and and there's there's you know like there's so many. There's uh, Zatanna, and there's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um uh uh oh shoot why am i gapping um oh my goodness anyways there's there's this is gonna come to me like way later on there's there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of great characters out there for them to tap into and use and make moving forward however you got to get your before you can go camping with the dcu you got to get your tent poles up and your tent poles are Batman, <laughs> Superman. Right? I, I think this we have is, we definitely have different opinions about this, and we talked about this in a previous yeah. podcast news episode, talking about where we want the DCU to go, and I don't want origin movies from the DCU. But no, and they don't necessarily need to be origin movies. <clears throat> I want I want the first first movie to be a Justice League movie. These heroes already exist in this world. There's a vast number of super-powered people living in this world, both doing good and evil. And I want the first movie to just be, uh, these people are here, and let's have a movie that just brings them together. You and, and many def- other a, a comic Justice book League fans. formation m- movie. You the and many other comic Justice book League, fans would episode agree. one. Yeah, you and many I, other comic book fans would agree. I think However, no. I think I think anybody who's not a comic book fan would enjoy it just as much because going that direction does not treat the audience like idiots. Like they've got to be told the origin of every person on well, screen. But we're, you can. We're not talking about origins. James Gunn has said that he's not doing origin films. He's not going to do origin films. You can have. You can start with a Superman movie that already fits what you're saying, right? Superman's there. I, I don't so think is everybody they else. need to be a standalone, though. Well, but it, it all depends. See, it, this we don't know what the roadmap is. And if the roadmap is that that the, the greater crisis, the bigger problem, is a problem that starts out simply being a Superman problem, or it starts out as a Superman story then you know i i then that's what they're going to do i don't know i we we are we are on different sides of the fence of this i don't want origin stories and they're not going to do origin stories i think you can do a superman film or a batman film where it is already established that superman is here and so are aliens and so are you know magical beings and so are everything else right we live in this heavily saturated superhero world um, but I, you know, I do think before, 
I do think that the average movie going audience, right? Like you could go up to, and this is, you'd have a hard time convincing me of this otherwise. If you went and pulled a thousand people on the street and there were two boxes and you just put a checkmark box in the property that you're familiar with. One box says Superman, and the other box says Justice League. A lot of people will check Justice League, but everybody is checking Superman. And so from that standpoint alone, you will lose some people if your first project is if the first project marvel had made was the avengers and they hadn't spent time doing captain america and they hadn't spent time doing hulk and 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 sort of building this universe so that you had a team that you were excited to you're like oh i really like iron man now I really like, I, I found Thor really fascinating. And then they hit you with, you're about to get to see all these people interact together. You're, you're going to see a team up. That was the exciting thing about it. Whereas if you just like, you're if, looking if at you this too, give, through, through too narrow of a scope in that aspect, right? Like first off we're in like post MCU world. Like, majority of the people are going to know and understand the idea of comic book movies first off because of the way the MCU has delivered on that uh, type of cinema. Secondly, okay, I'll give you not a lot of people know and understand Iron Man, the Hulk, Captain America. You can't say the same for Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. No, but you can for the rest of the Justice League characters. You can for the rest of the Justice League. But <clears throat> like a Justice League formation movie, while it can have numerous superpowered individuals, it's going to focus primarily on those three individuals. Right. And <clears throat> uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Um, Warner Brothers Animated Studios. Oops, that's my spring animated studios have been knocking it out of the park for sorry (laughs) for years (laughs) that's that's just my gong my hourly gong (laughs) Uh, Warner Brothers animated studios have been knocking it out of the park for years with their uh, uh, DC animated projects Their, their little straight to DVD streaming movies, which are like an hour long, hour and a half long animated projects. And they're amazing. And you know what? Yeah. They jump right in and they, they assume that the people watching it know these characters. They don't have to tell origin stories, but I I could be mistaken here, but I'm pretty sure the current kind of foray of, um, I'm just going to Google it real quick. Foray of animated animated um, movies. The first kind of DC animated was a Justice League formation film. Right. And it was amazing. But how successful... I Okay, so I have three, three counterpoints to what you've just said. 
yes, we are in a post-MCU endgame whatever era. But we're also in a post-previous iteration of DCU era. And the problem is, is that right now, for the, not necessarily DC fans, although for many DC fans this is also true, but for the average movie-going audience, for the movie-going audience that maybe aren't big DC fans but are willing to give things a try, willing to to throw some of their hard-earned money to go to a theater and see a movie, the name Justice League is mud right now. It is mud. The name Superman isn't necessarily. Now, lots of people didn't like Man of Steel, and that's fine. I thought it was it's extremely underrated. It's an excellent film. But the name Justice League is mud. And so if the first film you come out with is Justice League, for the average movie-going audience that don't understand, okay, this is a brand new regimen, this is a whole different thing, this is blah, 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 this is more competent leaders, this is so on and so forth, they're going to see another Justice League film? I'm not making that mistake again. I'm not going to get burned by that again. So that's argument number one. Argument that's number a fair two. Argument. argument number two, right? So you have to you have to assemble and go. Look, we made a really good Superman movie. It did really well. It's, this is our new Superman. Now we made a really good Batman movie, and it did really <clears throat> well. This is our new Batman. Uh, now we're gonna make a. Now let us show you how we can do a Justice League movie based on this trust we've built with you. Then the next argument is, yes, okay, maybe, maybe the first DC animated thing was a Justice League movie. I don't know. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. But I don't have any numbers on how successful that was. And what I can tell you, and I think most people would agree, is that what really propelled DC animation into the beast that it is what gave it its credibility and its strength was the animated Batman series. That series will go down in history. You're talking about the nineties one, the nineties one, right? That was, that was what really grabbed the attention of people and went, Hey, look, we can make, we can make appealing DC cartoons. It definitely, <clears throat> yeah, spawned a generation of people who love DC film and TV shows. Yeah. Now, final argument is, yeah, DC's making some great Justice League stuff. They're making great team-up animated stuff. But the majority of the people who are watching those are man childs like you and me who <laughs> are dc fans and and enjoy that stuff yes agreed or children whose parents have plopped something on so that their kids will sit and shut up and watch superheroes or children of man childs like you and me who want sure. their kids yeah, to be educated in the final absolutely of but if you were to world. take the numbers of the people who are interested in in like it, it's just it's not a it's it's not statistics that you can pull from to really map out your main live action cinematic universe because if you took the numbers of the people who are watching any individual given 
DC animated Justice League movie. And you compare that to the number of people that you would need to go and not only watch, but repeat watch a new Justice League movie in the theater. You wouldn't come close to making the money you would need to make. When you compile that with the fact that the live-action Justice League name is mud right now, because A, people who are not big DC fans went and saw it and hated it. Then you have the DC fans, the Zack Snyder fans, who were super excited. They watched the Snyder Cut. They loved the Snyder Cut. And they're just pissed off because now all they want is Snyder's universe. They're going to be upset and not want to go see it because they're like, wow, it's not the dark side story that you were setting up for me. Where's where's what I want? I You know, I, I bitched and moaned and you gave me what I wanted once. So why are you not giving me what I want again? And it's like, well, because <laughs> we threw you a bone and you were extremely lucky. So shut shut up. <laughs> be grateful. Um, and then you're going to have the DC fans that, ah, you know, they maybe they didn't care about the Snyder thing. It didn't need to be the Snyder cut story moving forward. But you're going to give me a Justice League movie that that because a Justice League movie is going to be way more expensive to make than a Superman movie. It's going to be way more expensive to make than a Batman movie. Right. So all of a sudden you're coming out of the gate with with the most expensive project that DC can make. And you're just going to have fans that are sitting there going, it's a new Justice League movie, but it's not Henry Cavill. So I'm not going to go see that. You need something like a Superman movie to come out and win over some of the people who weren't going to see it because word of mouth is actually this is amazing. This is amazing. You need just go try it. Just give it a try. It needs to win these people over. And then they can build their universe. They can build that trust. They're they're not they're starting yeah, with a clean slate, but they're not, not starting making, at ground zero. You're making a strong point. I, I, I don't I don't disagree with your point. You're talking about like give them an appetizer before the main course kind of thing. Yeah. Which especially because can, the last get main course that, they had gave them get food behind poisoning. That mentality. Yeah. Uh it's not what I want or need. No. And it's but, not what most fans want or need. Yeah, but it's what but the business I can, needs. I can I can see how like the general viewing populace might uh, prefer something like that. Yeah, because the other issue with DC right now, and I'll tell I'll tell you this right now: whatever James Gunn announces this month, whatever they're starting with, they got one shot. <laughs> they have one shot to knock this out of the park. From a business standpoint, the MCU comes out with flops all the time, right? They come out with things that are like, eh, sort of wasn't as great as the other stuff. wasn't the best thing they made. But there's the reputation there. There's enough amazing stuff there that we're like, okay, they were, you know, someone was having a bad day, but I still have faith and I'm looking forward to the next one. What if it was, uh, so I'm I'm just kind of scrolling through. I found a... IMD, the IMDB of kind of the animated DC movies and I'm scrolling through it kind of what if the first movie wasn't a Superman movie wasn't a Batman movie but it was kind of what we got with uh, was a Superman Batman team up movie yeah. 
That's Why not possible. bring both powerhouses to the screen at the same time? Kind of like what they did with Superman versus Batman. But instead of pitting them against each other, we do the public enemy storyline. Ooh. So yeah, that could work. Yeah, I'm just that could work. reading the synopsis from the animated version here, just real quick. It's uh, one sentence. Uh, this is the synopsis for those that are listening and aren't familiar. The, the public enemy storyline is when Lex Luthor gets elected president, he uses the threat of an oncoming kryptonite meteor striking Earth as a rationale to frame Superman. So him and Superman are essentially kind of on the run from the U.S. government because Luther is president. I think that would be pretty interesting. You already got this. And then that would be really cool because now all of a sudden you've got a antagonist for Superman who is not only iconic, but he's now posing a real threat that Superman can't physically deal with well yeah super uh, because he's the president's joker right he's his green goblin yeah no no but like but nor like even in past just think about like past superman movies where we have luther luther always plays mental games more than physical games with batman or superman because he can't compete physically this just amps that up to the next level because Batman or Superman can't even touch, can't, can't touch him because he's not only he's the president, not just because he's super smart. Yeah. Right. Like it just ah, puts that antagonist on a whole nother level for Superman. I think. I don't know if they would go with that story specifically, but I do think it, it's possible that the first thing they do could be both Superman and Batman. It's very, I think it'd be great. But I'd like, like something said, like that. Public, no enemy. matter what they, no matter what they do, right? Like, if you have, if It'd you have an- caused this much upset by deciding to to reboot, and and your your story this whole time has been trust us, just trust us, just wait and see, just trust us. If if people are burned by this, it's it'll be dead in the water. There won't be any coming back from it. Yeah. If the first thing that comes out isn't really highly critically acclaimed. Something like Public Enemy could be a really nice tee up for a Justice League, to, uh, for a <laughs> reason to the form Justice the Justice League, League, so League too. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, want, yeah. I want a universe where these heroes just exist everywhere and, and, uh, and kind of correspondingly the villains just exist everywhere <clears throat> but but that you know they 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 work together all the time and give like give me give me a show that doesn't treat me like like a baby and we've got a bottle feed before i can eat my meat give me my meat i want well, my meat and and, and and you know that i agree because i want i said i want, I want, meat, justice I want my league potatoes protocol. give me the justice league give me the right? justice I'll- league from the animated tv show Wow. You know, I like mean, all kinds of shots where they're on the satellite, uh, space, uh, uh, Justice League state satellite station. And in the background, there's just a ton of Easter eggs of heroes walking around, but they're not actually part of this uh, movie. <laughs> like, that'd you wanna, be so you, badass. You want a bat cave with a giant penny in it. I do. That's, I would like that. That'd be great. Why not? <laughs> and <the laughs> Give me that too. But yeah, like, I think. 
it, it, a pu- something like public enemy could, because by the end you, you Batman and Superman clear their names. They, uh, and then they kind of say, you know, with, with our villains being this powerful, having this kind of power, we can't do this alone anymore. We need to, yeah, we need to rally the troops yeah. under one banner. Could be good. Could be good. <clears throat> Anyways, that's the news. That's it. That's all. That's the, that's all of it. That's that all we all care about. Stay tuned. Cause we got good stuff coming up, man. We got like, you know, in the next little bit, we're starting our, our bad batch reviews. Yeah. It's going to be intense. <clears throat> We've got episode 250 coming up this Sunday. Yeah. This Sunday. There was a, a bit of a, some face, face problems going on with that one. Yeah. Well, but just keep 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 following the doctor's orders and use that ointment, man. I think yeah. it'll it'll clear Heal itself up in a up. couple of weeks, apparently. Yep. And <laughs> listen, it is coming. Our Avatar Way of Water review is coming. It just it it it's just taken some time. <laughs> Pete hasn't been able to go see it yet. Is essentially what it boils down to. Pete hasn't gone to see it because in order to get to a movie theater that has some of the extra flashy, like an IMAX or high frame rate or, or, you know, like whatever it is to not be in a, a little uncle Bob's movie theater. It takes a bit of a commute. And for most movies, Pete's willing to go see that movie in uncle Bob's movie theater. But I think we all agree that if you're going to see avatar way of water in the theater, you got to you go for the bells and whistles. You give it its its due and watch it on the highest quality, best sounding, ridiculous screen that you can watch it on because that's specifically how that movie's intended to be watched. So, he's got plans Brady to go see it. Brady demands it. it. <laughs> yeah, he's got plans to go see it. I've got plans to go see it. We're going to see it. We're going to review it. It's just taking a bit of time, but it is coming. So, calm yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter links are all down below. Our Patreon link is down below. Lots of good stuff there. Um, stuff for you, stuff for us. You know, like it just it's it's an all around nice thing to do is to support for as little as a dollar a month, man. A buck a month gives you access to uh, to our bonus content. To episodes that are only accessible to you, to Carl's musical singles that he releases. Those We're are on one there. and only. One and only for now. Uh, and um, and then the next tier up, you start getting increased voting power when voting on our votes for what movie we're going to watch and review. Like there's all kinds of all kinds of goodies there. And it helps us keep the show running and also improve the show better quality, different guests, like, you know, all sorts of, all sorts of things. It's expensive. It's really expensive to have a podcast. I did not know that when I started, (laughs) when we started the podcast, but it is, it's really expensive to have a podcast. Um, So yeah, check that out. Uh, And we have a merch store, which is another great way to support us and immediately get something in your hands that is, is, you know, well, Something I mean, for you. post-shipping. <laughs> well, it's got to ship. Yeah, it's got to ship. But but uh, you don't have to wait around for us to, like, upload content. 
It's just like, you know, you press the button, you send the money, and it's it's on its way. And it's high-quality stuff. You know, you take out the fact that it's got our logo on it, and it's a really nice hoodie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, thank you so much. Um, and, and Carl, say something, say something to send us off. Perfect. I love it. That's, that, that's, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs>